Welcome to the Coach for Tutors podcast, where we grow your tutoring business with each episode. My name is Michael Gibbon, the founder of the Coach for Tutors podcast and Coach for Tutors. This episode is brought to you in part by our sponsor, TutorBird. TutorBird is the one-stop shop for all your tutoring administration needs. Schedule your sessions, teach online, receive payments, and so much more with TutorBird. Today, we are joined by the energetic and insightful Gretchen Wagner. Gretchen, welcome. Hi, thank you. Oh, Gretchen has a great topic for all of us today. We are going to be discussing the anti-boring approach to powerful studying, which when we talked about this last week, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. It's something so different in study skills approach. We're going to go into that in a moment, but a little bit about Gretchen for our listeners. Gretchen Wagner is the founder of the Anti-Boring Learning Lab, where educators obsess over sharing the science-backed study skills and executive function strategies every student needs to thrive. A master teacher and an academic life coach for over 15 years. She specializes in consolidating the science of learning into fun, digestible, actionable, executive function friendly nuggets for both students and educators. Gretchen is also a tireless learner, consistently and transparently modeling the tools she teaches in her coaching courses and community. Welcome again. Thank you. It's so fun to hear somebody else read the words that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Gretchen, we got to get right into it. What does the term anti-boring encompass? That phrase just came to me one day about 15 years ago. I had been using the word boring with students. I was working with teenagers as an mm -hmm. academic life coach. Several times in my early days coaching, I tried to tell them, I can make school fun for you, but you know how teenagers are. Their eyes just looked at me like nothing can make school fun. That's when I started using the word, not just boring, but anti-boring. Okay, I may not be able to make it fun for you, but school can be anti-boring. A little bit later, I realized, and I started saying to students, you know, actually, it's not your teacher's responsibility to make school not boring. It's wonderful when we have great teachers that really excite us, but really you're the one in charge of your own brain and whether you're bored or not. And there are specific tools and strategies that you can use so that you don't bore yourself. That's how I think of anti-boring. It's about fun, a different word for fun, <laughs> but it's also about taking charge of your own attention and your own learning and making it interesting for yourself. Love this, Gretchen. And definitely, like you said, it's up to the student. The student needs to make it fun for themselves. And like you said, it's not a promise of fun. It's a promise we're not going to make it boring. And then right. it's up to you to build, work with this, you know, a tutor or a teacher to make this good, engaging and fun and worthwhile for yourself. So it really helps to promote that advocacy piece as well. Yes, and absolutely. that independent thought is great. For tutors, why is it so important for us to have brain-based study strategies up our sleeves? going to tell you a little bit more history, another story around a little bit before when I coined the term anti-boring, I went to a conference called Learning in the Brain here in San Francisco, and it answered so many questions for me that I was struggling with with students. As soon as I got back, I tried to teach my students everything that I had learned about how the brain learns over time. I would say one of my specialties is figuring out the least anyone needs to know about anything. As tutors know too, in an hour long session, you don't have all the time in the world. You got to cut to the chase. I figured out how to summarize 
the way the brain learns, and there's so much complex neuroscience, right? But I figured out how to summarize it in this 10 minute mini lecture, I called it. I also coined the phrase study cycle. There are three steps that a person needs to know. We can go over them quickly if you think that would be interesting for your tutors. The big idea here is that when students understand what their brain needs in order to learn, first of all, they're fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. And secondly, then the strategies that we teach them as educators don't just seem like busy work anymore. Instead, they're like, oh, that's because my brain needs blah, 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 blah. Got it. I noticed that students' motivation increased when they had an owner's manual for how their brain worked. Yeah, if you want to share those two to three tips, that would be fantastic. Here's what I'll do. I will teach you very quickly the study cycle model, and then I'll attach a tip to each one of the sections of the model. That might sounds be fantastic. Step one is we have to be exposed to the information and skills that we're learning, right? You can't learn something unless you've been exposed to it for the first time. Mm -hmm. I use one of the science term uh, words called encoding for that. I'm sure an actual neuroscientist would argue a little bit with me because I'm collapsing a few different uh, processes into one, but uh, this is student friendly, right? So mm -hmm. step one is encoding. We are exposed for the first time to the information. Usually when I'm working with a student, most students think they're pretty good at step one encoding, but some, especially with ADHD, their attention struggles when they're learning for the first time. We'll come back to encoding, but I want to get the whole model in. So step one is encode. Once you have done that, then step two is actually what all the neuroscientists have and cognitive scientists have seen is the most important thing we can do to consolidate our learning in our brain. And I'm building it up right now. It's so important. And it's going to sound a little boring when I say it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so helpful. It's the act of testing ourselves or what they call practicing retrieval, practicing retrieving things out of our brain. Now, when most students study, and even I would say in many tutoring sessions, this is the case too, they just spend time encoding, 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 reteaching, reteaching, reteaching. But really when a student learns for themselves to say, whoop, I need to not look at my notes. I need to not be listening to my tutor or my teacher. I need to be willing to make some mistakes right now and to actually test myself to see what I know and what I don't know. That act is the most important act we can do. I like to have my students practice their retrieval in 30 second bursts here and there. In my sessions, I will stop and say, well, practice retrieval. What did we just learn? and then have them try and repeat it back to me. Then once we've practiced that together many, many times, ask them to find opportunities in their regular lives during class, after class, a few hours after class, where they're just practicing saying out loud what they learned, writing down what they learned, maybe going to the textbook and finding a quiz at the end of a chapter or something like that. You don't even have to do it with your textbook. The more you talk and share about what you learned while you're not looking at your notes, that is the powerful moment. Does that make sense? 
Oh, that sure does, Gretchen. And I love what you said about that, that second one, retrieval, and how that's often overlooked. It really helps students to have to go back, think about what they've been learning and what they're covering and, and draw back to that to make sure that they're retaining and that process and they're also owning that process as they go through exactly. it to learn which is wonderful this is a great three-step process people who are listening out there like you know take notes this is gold it's giving a lot of great insights when you're helping students because i think that there's so many misconceptions about study skills being okay how do you write your notes and how do you prep your date in google calendar for your test no there is yes. a whole science behind it that you that you're that you're helping to expose to everybody about this is what we can do to help students succeed there is a proven method that can help students to develop these skills so they can go into middle school secondary school beyond and these are life skills so gretchen thank you so yes. much for sharing this yes and I want to quiz you really quickly. What is the first step and the second step? You don't look at your notes either, Michael. I don't have any notes for this. Encode and oh, retrieve, not very reteach. Good. Very good, very good, very good. <laughs> step number three, briefly then, is we're back to the encode side of the study cycle. Anything we didn't know or didn't fully integrate in a new way, encoding in a new way. And I find that this is where students also really struggle because they're like, there aren't any new ways. You just got to go back and reread your textbook or you reread your notes. There's nothing new you can do. <laughs> this is where you mentioned note taking earlier. It's funny because all those things are study skills. They're understood and taken action on better when students link them to what's happening in the brain. I like to teach a practice that I call honing your notes. You could actually argue it's both a retrieval practice and it's an encoding in a new way practice, depending on whether you're looking back at, at your notes or not and getting some hints. But it's consolidating everything you've learned onto one page. All of my educators who work through all of my micro-credentials in the anti-boarding learning lab, I ask them at the end of the micro-credential to hone their notes onto one page. We're constantly practicing this process. There are all kinds of tips and tricks for how to do that in interesting and anti-boring ways. But just for you all today, just to say, to ask the student, even during a tutoring session, to give them a whiteboard and to say, okay, I want you to take a moment and everything I taught you today about how to do the Pythagorean theorem or whatever, get it down on one page, take five minutes, see if you can do that. And then we'll talk about what you missed. Um, and that can just be a really powerful way to consolidate the information that we are learning and to give us some new visual strategies. Because if you're putting it on one page, you also have to think about how do I lay it out? What's the most important? What's bigger? What's smaller? What goes on the left side? What goes on the right side? And that makes it a lot easier for your brain to grab the information when you're actually in a testing environment. That's amazing, Gretchen. Thank you. This is so um, cool. So we have the encode, retrieve, encode again. I love your tip just now about note-taking and consolidating everything into one page because you have to think about, like you said, what are the most important things that, that um, we need to learn about or I need to learn about? What are some of those key pieces? How do you order them? That's going to help people, again, not just in school, but in life as well. Because if you have a project coming up, you can become so overwhelmed by pages upon pages of things to, exactly. to learn or yeah. absorb. Gretchen, where can our listeners find you? 
www.antiboringlearninglab.com is my website. It's actually a brand new website. So I'd be so delighted if people even if you don't want to grab any of my free materials, just go type it into Google because it will help with the search engines. <laughs> <Find me. laughs> I do have, there's a link called free stuff there. And I actually do teach the study cycle in a little free mini course uh, called Unlock Student Learning. And you can grab that there. You can also learn something that I call the Consent Burger, all about how I allow students to feel autonomy when I have to teach them something. And there's something on motivation. There are all kinds of free goodies there at antiboringlearninglab.com slash library, actually. Perfect. Gretchen, we will put those links below for our listeners. This has been wonderful. This definitely puts a very unique perspective, a really important perspective on how study skills can really benefit students and taking it beyond what we think it is into what it really is and how impactful it is. Thank you so much for that, Gretchen. Thank you for seeing how cool my approach is to Michael. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for listening to the Coach for Tutors podcast. And thank you again to our sponsor, Tutorbird, the all-in-one system for all your tutoring business admin needs. Save time to work on your business, not in your business with Tutorbird. As always, everybody, make it a great day. 